Bond hits an all-time high. Roger Moore is Ian Fleming's James Bond 007 in Octopussy. Roger Moore in his newest and most thrilling of the James Bond adventures, filling the screen with excitement. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to the James Bond Complex, the podcast where we discuss, rejoice, and and analyze the uh, James Bond phenomenon, everything from Fleming to the films, and everything in between. Ooh, (laughs) that's a good that's a good camel can con con can can it. Okay, I'll can. So I'm shut up. I'm one of your co-hosts, Edgar. I'm Matt. I'm doing gabinda. <laughs> Dinner, eight o'clock. <laughs> so, well, spoilers. It's uh, it's Octopussy. We're back to the cinema. But you know what what it means. After this one, we only have one Roger Moore. We have one more Roger. Gotta make it a good one. Yeah. Uh, we we have a good Roger tonight. That's for certain. But this is uh, we we took inspiration uh, from the uh, Let's Bond uh, event that we went to at at the time of this recording a week ago, at the time of this episode's release, probably a month or so ago. But uh, that that's what inspired us to, to finally talk about tackle. Absolutely, get let our let the octopus's tentacles just wrap around us and and just suck our faces, <laughs> <laughs> just like a, a, a face hugger from Alien. <laughs> Or the actual octopus. But, in, yeah, I in know. The but I don't think octopuses do that no. in real life. What is the octopus doing in that scene anyway? It, it sucks on, on on the poor dude's face, and I don't know. It's 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 it's, it's impregnating this. Poor yeah, dude. it looks like a face hugger. That's why I'm like, <laughs> really I was watching does, yeah. it. I was like, okay, that's that's alien reference if I've ever seen one. Absolutely. But how would you know if you uh, since you didn't watch the movie? I only saw that that clip, that <laughs> image. I saw it, and it's on a GIF. Or a gif, I don't know what people say. Uh, that's the only thing I saw because I, I, you know, I've never seen that movie. I, who's this Roger Moore fella? What's a James Bond movie? I, I, you know, I know nothing. Like uh, one of those really? two things with with five things by. Oh, I think those are my ends. Are those my ends, Edgar? I can confirm that. Okay, so like, I'm like a newborn right now. Um, can you explain why are you not naked? <laughs> <laughs> Can you uh, make sense of uh, 1983's um, the 13th James Bond movie, mm. Octopussy? This is the 13th film. It's also 21 years since the release of mm. Dr. No. So. So it's the, so in 1983 was the 21st anniversary of Doctor No. Uh, Doctor No. Doctor so was uh, able to drink. Good, a very good year, very good year. Uh-oh. It was a very good year. <laughs> As uh, well, my God, yeah. We we you know you start with the synopsis because we're never. It's it's all. I'm gonna get, come out, get out of your place past midnight. I'm gonna yep. have to 
either walk home or take an Uber. Okay, so this is what happens in Octopussy. <laughs> The film opens in Cuba, a nondescript Latin American country where James Bond 007 and a local contact infiltrate a military base as generals and high society public enjoy a horse show nearby. In a mission so fantastic that it could be described as a cock and bull story, the secret agent successfully blows up the military installation, but not without a special trick straight out of a horse's ass. The animals may have been what drew the public, but Bond's mini plane was the acro star of the show. Concurrently in Berlin, 009, operating undercover as a clown, is knifed to death while trying to pull out. His efforts are not entirely spoiled as his dying breath gets into the British ambassador, carrying a majestic Fabergé egg in the process. The jewel is a fake, which alerts MI6 to possible Russian ruse to finance sales or perform payoffs. 007 is sent to an auction at Sotheby's where the real Fabergé is to be bought back by someone whom the British believe to be the source of the confusion. Although Bond's instincts have him think differently, as the auction booklet mysteriously says the jewel is property of a lady. Oh. From the auction house in London begins a whirlwind adventure with more ingredients than a haute cuisine scrambled egg. Involved in a treacherous plot are rogue Soviet General Orla, disgraced Afghan Prince Kamal Khan, his right-hand man, and the movie's mostly silent heavy Gobinda, as well as a plethora of delightful women, all working for a renowned circus belonging to the mysterious Octopussy. Oh. In an eggshell, Orlov has reproductions of real Russian state jewels made in order to finance Kamal Khan and Octopussy's wealth, and in return, the circus's train, used regularly to pass from East to West Berlin, will be used to smuggle an atomic bomb that will detonate on an American military base on the western side during a hyped circus show. Of course, the apocalyptic part of this plot is cooked up without Octop Octopussy's knowing. India and Octopussy's Palace, where she gets to personally thank the secret agent for allowing her father an honorable way to end his days, to the train tracks that link East and West Berlin. James Bond puts the Humpty Dumpty pieces together to realize the gravity of Kamal Khan and Orlap's plot. In the process, the protagonist and leading lady realize that as two of a kind, they taste particularly good together. The nuclear angle to the plot is dealt with at the very last moment, as Bond and Octopussy convince everyone present of the weapon's presence. To put it mildly, there was no more time to clown around. Believing he'll be remembered as a Soviet hero, Orlov dies moments before at the hands of a familiar tenuous ally, General Gogol. When it becomes apparent that Kamal Khan has betrayed her, 
Octopussy takes her impressively efficient troop of ladies back to the paths in India where they hope to crack the Afghans' plans of escape. A raucous battle ensues, with 007 dropping in the nick of time to tilt the tide in Octopussy's troops' favor, but not before Khan and Gobinda kidnap her and make away with the circus ringleader by plane. A frantic scramble allows Bond to catch up by horse just prior to takeoff as he holds on for dear life on the roof where he and Gobinda duel to the death until like a fly on a windshield, the henchman is swatted away. The hero miraculously steers the plane by corrupting its mechanics from the outside, prompting him and Octopussy to jump out just before it erupts in a great ball of fire with Kamal still inside. British-Soviet relations see the sunny side up with relations at ease once again, and despite his injuries, Bond defies the expectations to cook up a good time with Octopussy on her barge as credits roll. Oh my god, I've never heard so many like egg puns since... Very Flemming-esque. <laughs> Probably Howard the Duck, but I was like mostly duck-related, but you know, ducks lay eggs, so... Yeah, that's uh, bravo, bravo. Honestly, and I actually tried to figure out what the goddamn plot is. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the now I, that plot. Like, uh, you explain it to me. I mean, I, I, it's like I already forgot. You, we, we, you just yeah, I, I did try to pay attention to it as much as possible. A because we were going to talk about it tonight. Uh, B, because I hadn't watched the film in a couple of years. This is one of the few that, although I know I love it, the last time I watched Octopussy might have been during my mega marathon leading up to Spectre, which is four years ago at this point. So this one was due for a rewatch. You know, the Let's Bond Gala inspired us to, to tackle it. But I think for those reasons, I really wanted to, like, I remember the jokes. I remember the action beats. I'd seen the movie enough times, obviously. It's my, this one, this is the one that popped my cherry um, as a Bond fan, as, as, a, as a young boy, <laughs> as a naive little boy. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, but, but, yeah, I was encouraged to really pay attention to the plot. And I have to say, it, it's a little... It's a little living daylight, see, where it's, it's like you got to pay attention to what's going on. Otherwise, none of this makes sense. It, it, it's very living daylight. It's it's it's, uh, it's a web of a plot. Oh, with, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, you need a, I need a chart to understand this. It it starts with the it starts with the Russian jewels. Orlov has this little mustache mustachoid beard bearded and, and four-eyes dude making re reproductions. They funnel out the reproductions to sell them off at, the, at these auctions at Sotheby's. Kamal Khan and Magda show up as the, quote, the sellers. They make money off of that. Kamal Khan's in this for money. Octopussy's in this for money. Octopussy doesn't know that Kamal Khan, while making money, is helping Orlov smuggle a bomb into West Berlin. And once the bomb in West Berlin blows up, it'll be made to look like an accidental, it happened accidentally. This is important because 
there are protests in the streets in the West for nuclear disarmament. Because of that, the West will be encouraged to disarm their nuclear devices. Because it'll be an accident, no one will suspect the Russians. But because it blew up, Western frontline defenses are done. So Orlov comes into the West and takes over with his tank troops. Kamal Khan gets away rich. Octopussy, who we won't need anymore, is killed in the process because she'll have been in the circus at the time the atomic device went up. That's the plot of Octopussy. That is... Oh my God, it's a... Yeah, it's effed up. It's <laughs> it's convoluted. convoluted. It's in, wow. But, uh, it's, they, but they were doing that a lot in the eighties. Like the sixties plots don't really have that. The seventies plots not so much. But these plots from the eighties, the sixties like, plots are much simpler. This is overcomplicating the 60s plot with so many like deviation which makes the, the plot itself needlessly overcomplicated now but you know you don't necessarily go to a bond movie for all the tightly plotted like plot of the villain sometimes you just you know it's an experience and i think this one is an experience it's 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 more about this set piece th- those characters are you enjoying them good yeah the plot is sort of muddled like i, I don't think the the uh, plots were that important during that year just shiny object blah, get distracted okay movie's over yeah pretty much pretty much which is what you know which was what any james bond movie's trying to yeah, it's, 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 you're supposed to, to be enter- entertained but when you these movies often fall apart when you start to 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 over and analyze them and you know we love them for it but it's just this one is really it's it's special it's really complicated it's, it's really special <laughs> <laughs> and and when you when you boil it down to its essentials, as I attempted, and they're for all I know, I am actually not one hundred percent accurate. And there are listeners listening to this episode right now saying, "No, no, 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 he's actually doing this and that." Could be, man. This is like what I got out of it. This is what I got out of it. And I and even then, I'm still wondering: is they're smuggling out the fake ones from Russia or the real one? Because because Double O Nine has the fake. <laughs> but later in the movie, it's the real ones that are in the train. So it's like, well, what? why did 009 have a fake if later it's the real? Like, there's still little details that I'm not clear on. But, because um, it is a fake. Like, because M, 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 like, you know, question, like, pop quizzes, hot shot, you know, and he says, oh. top box 007, except it's a fake. That's the one that 009 had. Yeah. So 009 found the fake, but later in the movie, when they're like connecting the trains, it's the real ones, because Gogo, there's that little scene where Gogo's like, what the F is going on here? And we see him come down in that little uh, room where the, where the artist was working, and he's like, that's when they he, he smashes the fake uh, Red Star. So it's like, so at the start of the movie, it's a fake egg, but not at this point in the movie, it's the real jewels. When did they change? Like, uh, uh, you're giving me a headache. Let's start with the beginning. Let's, because uh, honestly, if you, we go through, let's start with something that has nothing to do with any of this. You know, <laughs> that's the last time. Yeah, that they've ever done that since then. It, they've all been yeah, tenuously int- or directly, but yeah. But 
I I'm gonna say something controversial. As much as like it's a fun sequence, but I kind of wish we started with the clown death, and you know you find the uh, the, the, the you see the, the the egg and boom you cut to the credits. Mm. That would create a mystery, oh. excitement. Oh oh oh! Double O Nine crashes through the window, falls to the ground. The egg rolls, and then like the the, the visuals of the title sequence cr- crack the egg, and like the title sequences like sprout out. Uh, or some maybe not the <laughs> cracking, but yeah, something like that, or uh, something that you know it 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 because that's to me that's a, that's a grabber. The thing with the clown is a grabber. You don't need the, the as fun it's a as it is sequence as well. It's yeah, very tense. Yeah, that, that would work better plot wise. And um, what, I know what, it's, what do we think of the pre-title sequence though? Um, <laughs> Let's let's go through my notes because the first thing that I wrote down and I googled if uh, if it, it was actually a thing I'm like because the the because it's oh, we're obviously in Cuba and I I don't think your plot point you kind of avoid it but we're in Cuba we're meant to be in Cuba because mm-hmm. when he lands he is obviously in Miami and the full Fidel Castro they have yeah. is, he's just a he's a <clears throat> um um quotation boob man he's just looking at the aren't clip. we all boob men though matthew aren't we all boob men uh, deep down yeah we are but it's just it amused me i'm like google i googled like if there was like a, something about fidel castro loving uh large breasted woman no there's nothing it's a dude thing i don't think it's a fidel castro thing it put it in a movie. It could have been. Sometimes they put things. And you're like, "Why is that there?" And it's just, it's just a dude thing. It's, it's not a real thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the first thing I wrote down. Oh, and I think oh, when Bond is driving around, I think we saw we see a couple pine trees in Cuba. I'm pretty. Sure. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't notice. I, that. I'm, I'm. I might. But I. They, those really look like pine trees. And I look, and I think they shot. Part of that sequence, um, not in Cuba. I think they shot um, in Utah, actually. And it, uh, it, you know, the geography. I've been to Cuba once, and it didn't like that. They don't have like it doesn't feel like Cuba. It just, well, it's inland. Yeah, well, it feel, well, yeah, even inland. I've been inland through Cuba, and it it's it's not as barren. It's it you know it mm. didn't feel like Cuba to yeah, me no, at least. But then again, they don't say it's Cuba. That's why why. Cuba, nondescript Latin American country. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, I I like this pre-title sequence. Um, it's first of all, I love 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 James Bond uh, being sneaky like that and costume. Not what is that costume? He's he's literally costume later on in the movie. No, no, he he, he, but he, he changes outfit like a lot three times it's in that awesome. sequence. He has the the horse trainer and then he removes the the like little color and changes his hat and he puts the reverse shirt reverse hat it's double reverse it's a reverse jacket and a reverse hat come on that's a winner that's a win right there but uh, a well, let's count how many costumes he has throughout that story horse trainer horse trainer uh Latin general Amer- toro G- general general toro toro it's a little bull uh mishka mishka or grishka uh, it's Chris, whichever. Um, the clown. clown. I think they. I feel like there is one missing. Hmm. The crocodile. Are we counting the crocodiles as a disguise? It's uh, it, transportation. It's a. It's a. It's a costume. It's more trans- transportation. It's just a crocodile. Five. Take a bite out of that. 
And uh, yeah, five, that's five. That's a lot in one movie. Yeah, it's not. It's not as though James Bond gets in disguise it's, that often. No, he, he often pretends he's he's other people, but in disguise, like properly in disguise, no. No, it's a it's a first. Yeah, five and a half, where he's like, when he gets to to East Berlin, and as they're like packing the train to go to West Berlin, like he takes like the boxes and he pretends like he's not he hasn't changed uniforms or anything like that, but he's he's dressed so casually that it's like oh, I'm actually one of the crew. Oh, Just like five and a half, five, five and, and a half, half uh, outfits, Disgu- like yeah. disguises. Yeah, 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 that's a lot for that's, one movie. That's um, that's more than Tom Cruise in a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. And no masks, I like a little fake mustache and a little bit of paint later on. But other than that, it's so no. I I, I like this. I like uh, I like his little contact there. She she's she's uh, she's pretty decent, as always. But she she looks yeah, she looks like she could be his daughter. Yeah, that we start. He's starting to feel like four eyes only. I I think it's the last time he feels plausible by hmm. by octopusy. It's like. Okay, maybe if this is your last mission and you retire, yeah. the, 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 you're like, oh, I, I got two weeks before I'm due to retire. James Bond type of lethal weapon. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm too old for this. It would work, but there's another movie after that. Yeah, well, we, I mean, we don't know it when this comes I out. I know, obviously, but, but now, in context of history, and that's the last movie that he has the mole in. He had it removed <laughs> yeah. after this, this movie. You know, there's probably another reason. Not only were the Bond films money makers, not only was Roger bringing in a lot of the money. Let's not forget, it's 1983. Oh. You got Never Say Never Again. You don't never, never say never. <laughs> Walk in a room. <laughs> and now, our of our listener have that song stuck in their head. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> so yeah, the producers at I'm not the one coming up with this i'm sure it's on the dvds and in the books you know the producers i wouldn't say cold feet but you know they want a secure investment they want a safe investment so look if sean connery of all people has a rival james bond movie well we we need our guy you know and we have roger right now so we're gonna we're gonna make a movie with roger you know he's plausible in for your eyes only still he's tolerable in yeah. Octopussy. They stretch it. Like he's using a little bit more double. It's not as you know transparent as it did yeah. become with A View to yeah. a Kill. It's, it's still tolerable. But you know, you can, when you look, you can, yeah, that's not Roger Moore. That's not Roger Moore. It, it's tailored just enough for me to go, I'll buy this. Yeah. Whereas in A View to a Kill, it's like, I don't buy any of this. Like, no. This James Bond would never do anything. Any and of this, the tone is a little bit lighter in this movie than it is in A View to a Kill. There's a little, it's a little bit more playful. It's tougher. It's kind of like for your eyes only. It's a little bit tougher, but at the same time, there's there's a little bit more play in Octopussy than for your eyes only. Mm, that's true. That's true. You didn't tell me there was going to be this much security. They've moved the flight up to this afternoon. Well, we'll have to go ahead as planned anyway. Toro sounds like a load of bull. Gems. Please be careful. Attention! Al trote! Apunten al objetivo! 
small world. You're a Toro too. Interrogación. Sí, coronel. Métalo al camión. And some of that starts in this pre-title sequence where, like, he's here to... Blow, I mean, nothing is explained. He, he has an explosive and he's, he needs to blow up this space. Where are they doing that, this space? I have no idea. They have this... Little like a satellite thingy. So maybe they're intercepting. I mean, nothing is explained. He, nothing. he needs to blow this thing up. That's what he needs to yeah, do. Yeah, just visually, you understand, like, that's his job. Small world, you're a Toro too. Like, you get those little gags. But the, the big gag is, of course... You know the the horse's ass, where like the uh, the acro star the comes Acrostar. out. So that's really the first sign. The, the the horse's ass is the first sign that yeah they're gonna go sort of wah 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 a few times in this movie. They're not going back to Moon Moonraker, but they're they're pardon me, they're not as tough or as you know intense as For Your Eyes Only, which I mean that was a tone readjustment. Yeah, they're in the same way, but they're going. Bit lighter, just, just a, little bit. a little bit. And there's some like jokes that didn't age well. I mean, might as well throw it. like the Tarzan yell. There's, <sighs> that's pretty bad. There's there is that. There's another one like I, I don't remember, but the Tarzan one is the one that sticks out a lot. Um, oh, we forgot one costume, the gorilla costume. Oh, the gorilla, six and a half. Yeah, six and <laughs> a half. A lot of costumes. A lot. Shocking number of costumes. Actually. Almost seven costumes in does a he, double. Does, does he ever pretend he's an octopus in this movie? I can't remember. <laughs> I know. He, I know he's in an octopus at one point, but I don't remember if he's. <laughs> I love the Aquastar. I love. Just maybe just to finish off the pre-titles here, I love the Aquastar. It, it is. You know, it's a, like that's the highlight of that sequence. Just the fact that it existed, but it's just you know, it's a fun sequence in itself like i mean for the, for the sake of the movie i would yeah it's it's cut it out it, it, it's it's unnecessary but for enjoyment in for it, distraction entertainment keep this thing in like i'll uh, i could show that to you know i'm i'm i've been testing the bond movies to with my my uh on my brother's uh uh the, the Girl, my brother's girlfriend's kids. I'm. I've been watching the opening sequence of a few of them, and that's one. Uh, you know, I need to put one of the one or two of the kids in front of to see the re reaction. Yeah, I know it's action packed. They, they they had strong reaction to Goldeneye, not so much to a view to a kill. And I've yet to watch any. Uh, I think they saw maybe the beginning of uh, Skyfall. Didn't care for Skyfall at all. Oh. Surprisingly, I'm like, okay, that's one of the more. But Goldeneye seemed to. To, to capture it but this one I need to put them in front of Octopussy because uh, you know it, you got silly action you got trilling flying sequence and when they go into the anger we know how they shot it but it, you know it's a it's, it's clever filmmaking it, it's very clever filmmaking uh, it, it looks really really good uh, this the, the part where the Aquastar passes through the hangar from the the moment I learned how they shot it it's like yeah, I can see the stick. <laughs> you, you, once, once you know your, you, you to look for it. Okay, you see, you, mm. it, it's obvious. But you know, if you're just like I was looking to, I was not looking for it. I'm like, how oh, it works? Yeah. Like I was not. When you're looking for it, okay, it, it, well, it's, it's a quick cut. It's, it's exactly, but that's clever. Like what I'm saying, clever yeah. filmmaking. Yeah. 
use your your ability to understand how human eyes react to to stimuli stimuli and you know use that to to tell your story and just you know I'm gonna... there's great footage of the Star like doing not loop de loops what do you call it where it's a flips over lupo uh, not a lupo isn't that more when it goes in loop? a circle i don't know no, it's I going don't... like this and, uh, and it does that again barrel roll barrel rolls yeah barrel roll like there's some great footage of that. Oh, yeah. and i really like it's obviously very very fake but it looks nice i like those shots where you see roger in the cockpit cockpit and I, you can see the the missile coming from behind the plane, and he whoop, he shifts to the right. I I like those shots. I like those shots that even though they're fake, you, you need to use your imagination a little bit to to make it look real. You, you know, you, sometimes you need to be you know, tolerable. You need yeah. to tolerate, let's say, not as refined modern effects. You know, you need to be tolerable. Like we watch you only live twice. Well, but at this but, point, a good month or so ago. <laughs> yeah, and you know, there's there's some composite shot that really are obvious, but you know, you, you need to like give give the movie a break. It's, it's still, it's it's okay. Just you know, yeah, it well, tells the information it's meant to tell. Bond is on the, uh, in the plane. True, and another one where you you have to be a little bit forgiving, although I still think it looks really nice. Is the big shot of this title sequence when when the the military base blows up? It's a model. Yeah. I think it's fairly obvious, but it's a really nice explosion. It's yeah. a, it blows up really really nicely. It's exciting. Um, yeah, I, like I, I'm entertained. I'm not complaining. And of course, it ends with the classic <laughs> filler up, please. Yeah, that's <laughs> zoom like a I I have to say, like. You know, Morris Binder was a man that, you know, was limited by the technology of his time. But I have to say, I, I think it's one of his, um, I think it's one of his better efforts. Really? I really enjoyed the, the way the composite, it goes to multiple layers. You know, like I said, he's limited by, by the technology of his time. But I, you know, I was like, oh, and with the song, it's, it's kind of like, it's a nice relaxing ballad. I, you know, I'm not sure I entirely agree with that. Um, I'm I'm happy to know that you enjoyed the title sequence. Uh, I didn't really enjoy. I thought yeah. it was actually kind of boring. Uh, which is, I know a comment you've said of the past few uh, uh, Morris Binder binder. I, that's the word. I don't know. Is it Binder binder? Uh, the, the last couple of Morris Binder title sequences we've talked about. Uh, this is the one for me where I felt like. I, mm, he's running out of ideas. He's running out of ideas. Honestly, he's been running out of the ideas since like the first one. But I feel like technically, there's some there, there's some clever ways he composites the image within an image. It's not like a view to a kill. Where he got lazy and just put painted some girls in neon lighting and just filmed them. I kind of like skis. the view to kill one more. It's because of songs. Because of the song. You know. I don't know. I don't know. I enjoyed it, you know. I'm not. It's. I. I wouldn't say it's his best. You know. Eventually, we're gonna have to rank his. Oh, for sure. His, his work. Uh, we'll do it. We'll do a title sequence bonus. Man, that's actually. That's you know. Yeah. Because you can. Uh, I'm pointing to my TV now, but on on the discs and and. Uh, yeah, I'd, have, the, to, I'd have to check on the iTunes copies. It'd be weird. Yeah, if they so there's probably somebody who made a playlist of all the the, the, the yeah. title sequence. On but the I believe on on the bonuses you can actually see them without the credits. Yes, Just but pure. some of them actually they, they they can't remove them because they were optically printed. Oh. Uh, like the first couple ones, at least. I'm gonna say until Thunderball. 
or maybe even you will lift up but i will eventually you're able to see them without the the, the words okay. but not the early one for some reason oh well uh, well, probably because of how they were printed onto or part and part part and parcel of the print yeah. or whatever the cell so yeah no bonus episode uh, i like that i never actually thought of that yeah bonus mm -hmm. episode of the uh, i just pooped it it's <laughs> yeah, a healthy poop <laughs> uh, so we Tasty. moved to um, okay whack uh we moved to uh, uh berlin mm. uh and this is where you know this is feels a little bit Fleming, a little bit. I've heard. I think it's our, our buddy uh, George Arlington did mention in one of his early, early, early podcasts that you know it's very itch, itch, itchcock, itchcockian, yeah. And it is the way it it sets up. It's you know I so wish. And you know, I said it before, and I'll say it uh, maybe a more, more, a few more times on, on this recording. But you know, I wish the movie started. It's such a grabber. If the movie opened with that, yeah. I don't think people would complain about this movie being bad that's that's one thing i never Shocking. understood people oh it's the movie where he dresses as a clown thereby it's bad no he dresses up as a clown at the end out of desperation like he's and the irony is that he's a clown trying to convince the u.s generals that there's an atomic bomb it's... that's about to go that's that's the the twist of the whole scene. You know, yeah. There's there's multiple lev levels of irony. You know, this could be the clown that uh, want could be retitled the clown that wanted to stop the the, the nuclear explosion. Okay, there, there, stop clowning around. <laughs> <laughs> and it also calls back to you know, 009 was on the same assignment. He discovered the same thing. Tried to make it out alive, dressed as a clown, and oh. Now Bond is in those same clown shoes, you know, trying to finally complete this mission. So it calls back to yeah. 009's, unfort un his unfortunate end to the mission. Uh, so I, I think it works wonderfully. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but no, I, I agree. The, this op quote-unquote opening scene is very much a grabber, and I like how Bond as the clown calls back to it. Another thing I like about this opening is that, and I didn't remember this until I watched it or rewatched it uh, a couple nights ago. I forgot that the revelation that they're twins, oh. you don't see that at first. You think only one of them, you think there is only one of them, is chasing 009 until, you know, that classic moment where like the camera has them in, in at mid-angle and they back up, they back up, they turn around and <gasps> there's someone there. Oh, it's the same guy. How did he get there? No, there are two of them. They're twins, and they're both knife throwers. Uh, it's a, that's good. It's clever filmmaking. Yeah, like, that's really good. You know, I know John Glenn did say that you know, like he's more proud of uh, License to Kill than any of his efforts. So, you know, I, I appreciate License to Kill. I, I can't say that Octopussy is actually his best, but there's there's some good like filmmaking filmmaking like storytelling and that an octopusy that you know you can't discard and that sequence and you know, it works like it mm. sets up the movie like i said i'm saying again it should the movie should start with that you know we'll, we'll get to license to kill eventually i think i think we want to stretch out tim's uh, we, you know what's possible i feel but. like we finished uh sean connery's efforts last year we could technically record or like 2019 could be the year, our year for Roger Moore, and 2020 could be the year of Dalton. Dalton. Well, we started 2019 
record. I mean, it wasn't released in January, but I know that Living Daylight's recording was January. So we could do one year later, we could do License to Kill. But uh, I always, I know he said that, John Glenn. You yeah. quoted John Glenn saying he's most proud of License to Kill. Now, look, I love License to Kill as much as the next person, except maybe you. You you know, you're over the moon about the movie. <laughs> but I there's a part of me that wonders, I wonder if he's, great film, great, great movie, love it. But there's a part of me that wonders if he feels that way because it was maybe the most difficult to make because they had to go to Mexico and this and that and the budget looks, it sometimes it looks like the budget's a little bit wonky, but it ends up being a great movie because I'm looking at stuff like Living Daylights and we're now reviewing Octopussy tonight and I'm like, Man, this movie looks way more accomplished than License to Kill, actually. Uh, I I think he's really in love with the um, the truck chase sequence in that movie. As he should be. Uh, I think yeah. he's really proud of that, and I think that's why he's so proud. Because there's, you know, as much as I love License to Kill, it, it, it has some weaknesses, mm. uh, but you know, there there's some really good directing, and you know, the movie looks good. The Octopussy, I gotta say, the, 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 the especially the cinematography in that sequence, the, the contrast, because I mean, I, it's obviously shot at night, it's not day for night, and mm-hmm. I love the, 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 the way the clown, like, because it, 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 there's a, a tragic element to 009's that it, it feels like in the end it, it feels like pointless a little bit yeah There's, you would think it's it's beneath someone worthy of the double o status he's dressed as a clown and he gets knifed in the back like it's a little bit tragic but then at the same time like he, he completes like he, like he passes like yeah the, the information in a way like as that is yep. not meaningless it's not in vain. but yeah. jesus like oh. and i like that shot as well where when he breaks the window he breaks the window he crawls down the egg rolls out and the british ambassador the gentleman sort of kneels down and looks you can see he he looks at the body and it cuts he's sort of thinking and it cuts to 009 with like the hands like that that's where like that link is meant oh he wanted to come here this egg is for us. We have to do something with this egg. Then we cut to London. Imagine like you cut title sequence. Octopussy. She's going to grab you. Heavy okay, maybe not that song, but you know, it It, it would. Mm, I, yeah, would have worked. I know, like a fan edit would. Oh. Mm. <laughs> oh. Oh, you getting hot over there, uh, Matt? Ooh, always. I mean, I love me some Mode Adams, but we're not there yet. And uh, funnily enough, even though I watched it just a few days ago, I can't remember if we go to MI6 right now or do we go to the Russian meeting? I don't remember. We but. Uh, meet uh, the uh, uh, Miss Money Penny's uh, replacement. She's going to be in the franchise for me on. Uh, uh-huh. Mon uh, uh, Adams. Uh, Money Penny's uh, not going to be uh, the main character. Mm-hmm. Penelope Smallbone, the most amazing character ever. Right. A very pretty actress. Oh, very pretty actress. I'm not. I'm mocking the idea that she was supposed to be a Miss Money re- uh, replacement. But yeah, I can. I have to imagine what was Lois Maxwell thinking when they made that hire. She she must have been very, well. She probably knew that you know she was near the end of the like you know deep down like are they gonna like she won't obviously loved working with those people. She apparently did mention, oh, can I be the new M? <laughs> After it's gonna, it would be distracting, but you know, <laughs> she ended up not being the new M, but they kept the female M idea. Mm. Um, but you know, Penny 
I wrote down that Penelope Smallbone is R before R. She's like the... Des, not Desmond, uh, John Cleese got two appearances as a sort of fake replacement. Mm. She only did the one. Uh, yeah. But it's it's the intention was probably to move her in a, that position, but it's just it it is awkward and you're like yeah, and you, you have like Bond is like trying mm. to still pretend that you know he really likes Money Petty, whereas he's actually obviously turned on by Penelope Small Bond. He gives one flower to Money Penny, then turns around to Small Bond. Welcome to Universal Exports, you know. Well, I must say you become more beautiful every day. I am over here. Oh, of course you are. And this is Miss Penelope Smallbone, my new assistant. Miss Smallbone? What can I say, Moneypenny? Except that she is as uh, attractive and as charming. As I used to be? I didn't say that. Oh, you're such a flatterer, James. Oh, Moneypenny, you know there never has been and there never will be anybody but you. So you've told me. Welcome to Universal Exports. I take it, dear. That's all you'll ever get from him. Thank you, Commander Bond. You know me? Miss Moneypenny described you. In nauseating detail. Really? I can see you're going to fit in here very nicely. Take it, dear. That's all Penelope you get Penelope Smallbone is, is uh, pretending to be... Uh, like she's probably 20, 20 years old, and she's pretending to be... And, uh, Attracted to that fifty, yeah, she's like sighing, like oh, I'm all it's wet like, down uh, there. You could be your father. Well, yeah, no kidding. So that's a little bit, a uh, little bit funky. Yeah, not not too sure about that one, but uh, and I and I look as as pretty as 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 the young woman is, and she really is very pretty. I, I kind of feel bad for Lois in that scene. I'm like, it's oh. it's yeah, it's a little bit faux pas. I feel like, he, and she's not back. I mean, they didn't bring her back for a view to a kill, and you know, uh, it's a view to a kill is is also. Uh, Lois Maxwell's swan song in the in the franchise, uh, uh, but I do love the debriefing where <laughs> I think we we spoke off mic about um, the uh, <laughs> explanation of the, uh, the 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 egg. You can actually buy replicas online. They're they're, they're not that expensive. I don't remember the price, but I was like actually contemplating. Oh, I could probably afford something not right now because i'm you still just have to go to sotheby's at the auction and uh, uh, the replica the like fake fake ones yeah. but yeah just no yeah i have the octopus egg that could be like a I fun mean, it's it's a beautiful piece of of, of of jewelry in of itself it's it's it looks absolutely gorgeous but yeah the little bonus that you would have the reproduction of of the one from the film uh, is titillating a reproduction of a reproduction of a fake prop, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I eventually I might, but that's that's not. It depends uh, how much though. It it, much. It's not high on the priority. Like right now, I have much more pressing priorities than than buying but, fake fake eggs. Than buying fake eggs. Eventually, it's something like it's kind of like the the dog from from Skyfall. It's something that you know, it's gonna it, it would look like nice on my shelf. So mm. eventually, I know I'm gonna get one, but it's it's really low right now. Do you know what this is? Well, it looks like a Fabergé egg, so One of the jewel eggs made by Carl Fabergé as an Easter gift for the Russian royal family. They're, pr they're priceless and, uh, and very rare. This one contains a model of the Imperial State coach. Hmm. Top marks, 007. Thank you, sir. Except it's a fake. 
Now, there's the real thing. It's being auctioned at Sotheby's this afternoon. This is the fourth egg to turn up at auction this year. It's from none of the usual sources. Anonymous seller, numbered Swiss bank account. I'd say that the vendor was a Russian. And now this turns up. A near-perfect forgery. I think Commander Bond should accompany you to the sale. Splendid. I could use an extra pair of eyes. Uh, perhaps we could try and spot the seller. They usually turn up out of interest or perhaps just to bump up the price. Thank you, Fanning. I like the little twist because uh, Bond knows everything. He's never wrong. I like the little twist I... where, well, the information he provides is 100% accurate. Except there's a catch. This is the fake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Like I said, Roger's reaction is priceless. Sad it's, dog ears. It's, it, <laughs> it feels like... <laughs> I remember back in grade school, I, we had this uh, dicte uh, that we got. And I was certain I would have... I was going to get a good grade. And the teacher, you know, back in those days, teachers were a little bit uh, not very PC. And she she took the time to mock one of the students. She didn't say who it was, but she mocked that student saying, oh, there's somebody who made like oh, like 20 mistakes. And I was certainly did good. And who, who turned out to have made so many mistakes? This guy. And I was like, that's the face I did when Roger Merg was told, oh. Yeah. Solange Roy. You can bleep that out, but I hated that B-I-T-C-H when I was uh, in grade school. And I like the, um, the uh, what is it, M says 007. Does the minister say Bond or does he also say 007? But I know Jim, the the art expert, because apparently MI6 has art ep- experts, he says James. Wait, Jim. wait, wait. That's, it's, it's not M in that, in that movie. That's M. It's M. Okay, it's it's, it's the first f- time Robert Brown is M. That's that's the thing. Like I was I was I was having flashback of a movie I've, we haven't reviewed yet. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's his first time as yeah. M. That's interesting. It's first time for everything. He only is. He, he and he fits in really well. Like I don't even. Yeah, I got I got to admit, like I didn't even bat an eye. He he had only like four films. Mm. That's a short tenure. Near the shortest tenure as M as any of the other. In my mind, he, he was in more movies than Timothy Dalton and George Lazenby combined. <laughs> true, true that. Thank you. So. No, it was just in my mind, he's, he, he was there longer because I always forget. Like, I'm, is he in? No, he's not in Four Your Eyes Only. He, he, I know he, he might be like an admiral in he's, Spy Who Loved Me. He's in Spy Who Loved Me. Do, yeah. you, do you count him as proto M? Does he count? There, there is that fan community rumor that it's the same character that got promoted, which I kind of like. It's not proven, so I don't care. But I like the rumor. No, it's a fun story. I, you know what? It, 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 that's one of a few like rumors or fan theory. And I'm like, you know what? See, parfaitement correct. Yeah, it, it works. makes sense. And if it's not true, I don't care. It's like you know, to me, it's, it works. It, we don't. You know, most of these actors have passed away. We we don't need to. Dwell on the past. No. Kill it. Let it go. <laughs> uh, That's for another detour. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So we have, quote, the new M. And uh, he's great. It's, it's as, as much as I love, um, as much as I love uh, Bernard Lee, who had been there for so long, I have to say, I didn't even bat an eye. I just accepted Robert Brown. No, Robert M. Brown is perfectly... Like he's, it suits him. 
Yeah. Oh, he's a good M. And so we have the art experts. So they start discussing about the fact that, well, this these fake Fabergé eggs have been on the market recently, probably a Russian plot, uh, clandestinely uh, raising funds for their operations in the West. So let's let's try to outbid them. Let's let's try to let's try to see what's going on. So you know, one thing I wrote in my notes, and it, it like I'm reading it, I'm like, what was? Oh, this book is a lot like Forever in the Day because it starts with a dead dead agent that mm. leads Bond into like a very complicated plot. Uh, UK. I'm just. Uh, it's a, it's a, Burping, um, burping brewskis, <laughs> brewskis. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if uh, Orowitz, you know, might have uh, been influenced by this uh, the, 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 this film because it, it does share some similarity between that and Forever in a Day. I just wanted a very to mature leading lady. Yeah. Oh yeah. Life true. of crime. Life of crime. Successful at it too. Yeah. Has associations with some not so nice personalities. There's very similar. There, there's. Mm, I wouldn't two of a kind. Yeah, <laughs> no, I wouldn't say plagiarized, but I'm. You can feel like the subconsciously might have taken elements of. Possibly. Uh, Possibly. It's interesting to 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 speculate, uh, mm. but we we meet one of our villains, Stephen yes. Burkoff. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the West is. Decadent, decadent. Five tank platoons in Czechoslovakia. Oh, I love him. He's good. He's really good. He's I like him. In East Germany, under my direct command, I have 31 divisions, including 11 tank divisions and another five in Czechoslovakia. In support, on the Russian western border, are 60 divisions, including 22 tank divisions in all a 10 to 1 advantage. American and West German forces can field at most 10 armored divisions. The British maintain only a token force. We have played out a variety of attack strategies on the new Kultsov computer and find that a lightning thrust by 10 armored divisions from the north and by five more through Czechoslovakia, lead to total victory in five days against any possible defense scenario. This is absolute madness. We know where it will end. NATO will counterattack with nuclear weapons. Never! The West is decadent and divided. It has no stomach to risk our atomic reprisals. He's great. He's just a... And I love the Burk room. Burk off the jerk off. <laughs> I love the room where he makes his speech. I'm like... It's a cool room. It is. It, it, I, I don't... Credit to Peter Lamont. Good. I was going to say, it's not... It's, it's not... It's not... Um, Ken Adam. But Ken it's Adams. Ken Adams-esque. It's Peter it's, Lamont taking... He he kept things low profile. For eyes only is, is a very good looking movie, but he kept it realistic with low profile. Here you can tell that he's like, okay, so I got a, I got an Adam's itch. Yeah, I got a scratch. I got a little itch down there. <laughs> no, it, it's. Would it's, you mind if I scratch it? It's just gorgeous piece of, of mm. set design. Yeah, and a little bit more General Google, mm-hmm. who's in his like his fourth one in a row because we see him for the first time in Spy. Then he's there for a couple minutes in Moonraker, 
Then he's there in Friars, Friars only because he's also after the attack, and now he's here. And he did more movies than both Timothy Dalton and George Lazenby. He did more movies than Pierce Brosnan. It's true. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, hey, hey. Here's to you. We salute the. Uh, what is the actor's name again? I don't remember. Walter Gotel. Walter Gotel. Yeah, I cut that part so it looks like you said it. Oh, Walter Gotel. Say it again. Walter, Walter Gotel? What, what, Walter Gotel. What, what a Gotel? <laughs> yes. Walter Gotel. Yeah, we got it. Uh, here's to you. So, obviously, we, we know General Gogol by now. We know that, you know, he, obviously a proud Russian, the motherland is what matters most, but let's not get too crazy. Let's do it sort of respectfully and for the other nations. Let's not risk the uh, safety of the entire civilized world. Exactly. He's sort of got a, he, he's very pro-Russian, but with a head on his shoulders. Yeah. Now he comes face to face with someone that's just like a chicken with his head cut off. It's, you know? yeah, that's, he's bad shit crazy yeah is he older than bond or love is he older than roger no, moore's bond is no, the question. yeah that's yeah that's that's, that's i miss miss yeah because i old i'm guessing he was in his 40s he looks older but i i'm assuming he was not that old he's still around and he looks the same i think <laughs> it feels like that dude and he was the villain in rambo 2 three i think no two or three no, two. Would it be the one in? Wouldn't it be the one in where he's in, in Afghanistan? No, no, no. It's the one in. Pretty sure it's it's the second one. Really, where he goes to Vietnam? Yeah, that's well. There, there's Russians in the second one there. Then they that's that's the one that uh, tor- tortures him. It's like uh, that's the one that gets blown up by the bazooka by the end of the movie. So born in 1937, the film's from 83, plus 40, 77, plus the six. He's ten years older, <laughs> uh, younger than 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 more. Yeah, he's just. Sprite little chicken. <laughs> no, but I was not too sure. So he's, t- he's a dec- decade. So he was, let's say, we're going to use actual age, like he was born before World War II, grew up in the 40s, the 60s. Now he's he's been well and and inducted in you know Russia yeah. and so okay I see you know, I see I see like he he's been living the Cold War for twenty years yeah at least yeah. and and the eighties now mind you you know the Soviet Union is in, isn't going to collapse for another six years six odd years five six years seven actually it's nineteen ninety I think when that happens uh, but. I think it's no secret that you know, with with Gorbachev, you know, the 80s were where they were starting to turn the page. But it's it's honestly, I think it's Nost and all that stuff. It's with Chernobyl that really they had to open the the borders, and they like basically, uh, from what I understand from from politics from the 80s, and you know, my l- very limited uh, understanding of Cold War politics, I think it's it's uh, it's uh, the, the arm race. It's uh, what's his name? <laughs> I was gonna say Nixon. No, that's not him. Uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, Reagan yeah. sort of bankrupted Russia because they built more nukes than they could afford, and they, oh, there there was a tragedy at Chernobyl, and he's just yeah. like, uh, okay, uh, we can't play this game, so you win basically. Mm. Uh, that's how mm. the Cold War. Um, but we're not quite there yet. We're not quite. We're not. We're pre-Chernobyl, so it's really like I feel it's really Chernobyl that really. So they're still pushing. I mean, it, I I think it, it, um, also the hunt for the right, Red October is set in 1984. 
So that yeah. gives you an idea of where they are. They've been stories of, you know, there was still some tension in the 80s. It was not like, oh. Oh, no, no, no. They, they, I think they, they pushed that as far as they could in the Soviet Union. As they say in the dark night, it's darkest before the dawn. So Precisely. Yeah. And I, General Orlov likes things pretty dark. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's a messed up lot when you think about it. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. Like, it, it, the, and and peop, like other people followed him? Followed his lead? I'm not under the impression that there are a whole lot of people around that table that are like really No, not around that table, them. but, you know, there, there are some of his men that probably know, or at least Comic Con knows what he's doing, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, I'm gonna help you." Comic Con's not in it for the politics, though. No, he's completely immoral. That's that's complete. Like that character is a sack of garbage. Yeah, like I love, I love, I I love the actor. Uh, what's his name? Louis Jordan. Louis Jordan is fantastic, but the character that he plays, not the actor, but the characters, is a garbage person. A sack of shit. <laughs> A bag of human feces. Yeah. No, he's dumb. Ro- he's rotten to the core. There is no one in Fecal that movie matter. that he doesn't betray. He betrays Octopussy. He, to some degree, betrays Orlov. He just doesn't care. I, I don't think he ever care about Orlov. He's never like, okay, I just, I just want the money. Yeah. And in the end, he sends Gobinda to his death. The, yeah. o- the only person out there. <laughs> I, I, he's smart odd job like I love that like, and I, when you see in the interviews he's just uh, that man had a blast making those movies yeah. he just oh, and, it, and he has those brown eyes that mm. just seem to glow mm. just, and, oh, and I love that actor like I don't know I've never seen him in anything else in any but you know he should be in more movies <laughs> even to this day I don't know how old he is he should be bring bring, bring that actor back What's his name? Kabir Bedi. Kabir Bedi. Uh, uh, Hasn't he been in a big budget like movie that us or any of our listeners might be aware of? Was he in the Mummy movies or something? No, that's, that can't uh, be him. Let's see here. I'm not So far, I'm not seeing anything that I immediately recognize. I mean, he's obviously in a lot of Bollywood material. Uh I can't say that he was. Shame. I mean, look, he obviously made money in the home. No, I know, but it's it's he 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 has a strong, charismatic presence. Even those interviews that he did, I'm like, I'm like, oh, you're just. There's some people that are just lovable when you see mm. them, whether or captivating, and he's one of them. Like I'm like, like I I wouldn't mind seeing. He has a great look. And it's and a I, natural look. They didn't a, have to give him any sort of and a voice like like Velvet. It just I love his voice. He doesn't have much dialogue, which is a shame. But when you hear him in interviews, it's just oh that that voice. That's such a mm. beautiful, warm voice. Yeah, I think I've seen him maybe on the DVD bonus features, and uh, yeah, very looks like a very nice nice uh, human being. Yeah, <laughs> very charming fellow, affable man. So. Uh, yeah, so uh, General Orlov wants to invade uh, Western Europe, take over it. Nobody thinks that's a good idea, but we'll we'll, we'll see how that turns out. And we go to the auction. Auction, yeah. Uh, which is a fun little scene. I like it. We get to see Kamal Khan and uh, Magda. Yeah, that's also a bit of uh, Fleming material being repurposed for the screen. Yep, that's true. That's true. And uh, my goodness, Christina Wayborn. My goodness. Christina Wayboner. <laughs> and 
<laughs> I look like an. I sound like an imbecile. I'm sorry. Miss <laughs> Weyburn, if you um, um, ever hear this, I meant that in the most polite, yeah, in the most comp- respectful manner possible. But also make people laugh. I hope people just. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, and now I'm trying to apologize, and it's embarrassing. So, yeah, she she's very, she's very so good. God, Jeff told us that he, Jeff Waibu of James Bond Canada, front of, uh, front of front the show, show mm-hmm. told us that he, she went to the uh, what's the name of the convention fan expo a couple of years ago. Mm. She he met her, yeah, um, him and his wife actually met her. I don't know if she, uh, she seduced uh, him. No, but I don't know if his daughter was born just his daughter because you know, or just. It, I don't remember the details of his interaction, but she she met her again later on, and I think her and his wife actually got really along. And he was like, "Okay, my 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 wife is friends. What a Bond girl! Yay me!" <laughs> Bond girl by proxy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So no, she's absolutely delightful. I mean, is she a great? She's not given that much to do in the acting department like she's okay she's fine she's she, charming you know she's, she's the charming. denise richards of her, her, her day in the way she's yeah she, she was hired uh, she was a looker and you know she and she was doing her own stunts she did like a couple yes she she's actually when uh we're getting a little bit of, of ahead of ourselves here although we probably do want to start moving here but uh one of my favorite things in bond movies when like spy and spies are trying to do games of one-upmanship the egg and this and that and that early morning where she flips over the balcony and sort of twirls down. I've I've heard that that is her. She's actually That's, doing that. And also, there's like the, near the end. There's uh, when they're the 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 circus is attacking um, the compound. She's she's kicking and flipping some mm. of the the henchmen there. And it's clearly her. She's, she's well, she was she looked like pretty fit too. Oh, she she tight tight tight. Yes. She was very healthy. Oh, she, 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 <laughs> she, she took her exercising very seriously. So we got a little bit of, uh, not cloak and dagger, but uh, what am I trying to say? Like when Bond changes the fake oh. egg for the real egg. I love that because, like, I the, the first times, I don't know, I didn't never paid attention, so I really paid it. it I, I, you can see where he could have switched the egg, put the... That's a really smooth move. Almost too smooth, but okay, fine, I'll buy it. It's, you know, you know slight of hand. Slight, yes, that's what I was looking for, slight of hand. It's it's plausible. And he overbids for that thing so much. Like It's almost 300. I, I did some, you know, conversion for today's currency, so I'm not... I didn't go back, but it's around like 384 thousand dollars something like that that's a lot of money that's uh, not yes that's not half a million dollars and you know with inflation it would probably but be. he didn't overbid because comic-con had to buy it yeah he had to buy it because that because that's the real well he switched it for the fake but at the auction when the auction starts it's the real one and that's they need to bring it back to russia because they want to cover their tracks so this is sort of where this very complicated plot begins. Like he has to buy. That's why Bond can just keep in, keep on raising the stakes because Comic Con. He needs if the idea you you can't let Gogol discover that it's actually a fake that's temporarily in Russia nope, right now. Nope, nope, so nope. He has no choice. He has to buy it back. So I do. It's ballsy, but he's not wrong. Like Comic Con has no choice. Doesn't matter what the price is. He needs to bring that back that egg back to Russia. Non-negotiable. Otherwise, the, their whole plot like falls through. And we, 
finally, finally make our way to India. Yes, yes. Uh, which is a great location. Uh, a little bit weird that there's a shot of the Taj Mahal because they're not in Delhi. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure why they do that, but you know, it's 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 tourism. It's 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 for dummies. You know, you say that as I commented on on the shot of the Taj Mahal, but man, some of the stuff they do in India, like here's somebody that can put a sword in their mouth. Here's somebody that can lie on a bed of of, of knives. You know, I, I had like, to Google this. This came out before Temple of Doom, but after. Raiders of the Lost Ark, and you know, Indiana just started as a sort of a copycat or an inf- no, let's not call it a copycat, but inspiration, inspiration for for from uh, James Bond, and you know th- this is the snake bite biting its own tail because now they're they're doing Indiana Jones. That's Temple, not Temple of Doom. They're doing Temple of Doom before Temple of Doom. They're doing Lost Ark, like the the swordsman, like all all the the the. the yeah. Flipping and the oh my bed and guy gets nailed in the bed of like the when Bond wins at the at the backgammon uh, game and is oh here's uh should keep you in curry for a few weeks it's like <laughs> what <laughs> there's some e- politically incorrect humor <laughs> just in the least okay. but you know. Charming tune. You do take English money. Only gold sovereigns. Please. I'm VJ, Special Expediter, Universal Exports. Welcome to India, Commander Bond. Thank you. Call me James. No problem. Where's Sadrudi? Over here, waiting in the taxi. This was the wrong cover. Taxi. I hate snakes. Taxi, sir. Taxi. We, we meet VJ. We meet VJ. Who was a famous tennis player at the yes, time? Yes, he was a professional tennis player, ranked. Fairly high, as I recollect. He might have cracked the top ten or close oh, to the top ten. He's very popular. He's still he's still, still teaching tennis, I think, mm. to this day. Like he's figure in tennis sport. Well, I mean, no wonder he can. No wonder he was. He became professional. I mean, his his undercover role uh, helped him improve his uh, backhand. <laughs> Uh, so VJ is fun, you know, not the best actor in the world, but you can tell that he's, oh, he's having a good charming. time. Right? Yeah, he's, he's fun. I like him. He's I like pleasant. VJ. He's one of those presents, and, you know. Doesn't you don't need necessarily to be a just be nice. Just be nice. Be fun. You and know. you know, you you need to make you need to connect with him because he's gonna meet a yeah. very rather tragic end. It's true. Like that's the thing when VJ meets his end. Not only is it an absolutely terrifying way to die, especially when Q says he was still alive oh. when I found him. Oh no. So, you know, I really feel bad when, when the film loses VJ. It kind of feels like, I don't know if I, I wouldn't put him on the same level as, as Karen Bay, but I get a little bit of that uh, in my heart. You like, feel it. Uh, it's yeah, one of those it. that, you know, they make you feel it and it, it works. Yeah. So, uh, VJ and the head of, I don't know who the head of section's name is, but. I don't remember his you name. Don't, you don't see him a whole lot. But. He's there in like maybe two, three scenes. Yeah. Yeah. We get it a very interesting. So now we also get our first tete-a-tete between Bond and Kamal Khan. Which is uh, other oh, the the, uh, ba- the uh, backgammon? Shall we? I say, uh, Major, let's make it interesting. Shall we double the stakes? Oh, your luck is about to run out soon, right? It's all in the wrist. <laughs> oh, if I'm gonna play, um, I'm 
I'll exert uh, player's privilege. Player's uh, privilege. And uh, use your lucky dice. Look at that. Double sixes. And he never he looks never at He never looks at the die. It just, Love it. Love it. Just called him a cheat in oh, his face. so good. Oh, I, I prefer it cashed. <laughs> Have it cashed. Spend the money quickly, Mr. Bond. That's a line from novel Hugo Drex that I love that they used yep. it. Okay. Really good. Really good. There's, again, a little bit of Moonraker. Moonraker just peppered all over these movies. Oh, yeah, it did. And it gets a month. You know, you, people think of the movie, but the book is very good. It's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. I actually did not even pick up on that. That's true. That's what uh, the Hugo Drax is in the book. Uh, I always loved that line in the book, and I must have remembered it from the movie when I read the book. Honestly, just I, I something that it's just mm. it's just. Yeah. We get a little Goldfinger callback as well when uh, Gobinda oh. crushes the die, turns it into sand, just like Oddjob crushes the golf ball and turns like, it okay. into sand. Okay. No, mm. I don't want to shake that man's hands. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna miss my hand after. Like, I'm gonna be man, all the bones in my hand crushed. And and we and we get to see a little bit because Kamal Khan sort of there in the background at the auction, but we see him obviously much more prominently in this scene. So we get a, we get a, a little bit of a feel for this character. He's not, he's a sleaze. You know, he's sleazy. He's sneaky. He's he's oily. He's a cheat. Yeah, he's a cheat. He's a cheat basically. And he will cheat a lot of people as the movie goes along. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I really I think we were talking about this over over lunch today. We were we agree that he's a great foil for James Bond for this version of James exactly Bond. Uh, for we, precisely yes for Roger Moore's James Bond. Uh, I you know had he gone up against Daniel Craig or Sean Connery, not sure it would have worked as well. No, um, but for 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 this James Bond for Roger Moore's James Bond, I don't know if it's his best villain. But it's the most well matched, or the one that's well suited. Suited. It's, yeah. it, it, they are, in the way they play, they're very much alike. Yeah, you could yeah. have Louis Jordan in like a French version of James Bond, and it, yeah. it would work. There's uh, they, they 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 echo each other, and I think that's really highlighted at the the, the dinner scene later on, where they're <sighs> having that tit for tat about the torture methods. <laughs> And yeah, the dialogue is really good and their acting styles and of course the, the roles they're portraying and the way they're portraying those roles really goes hand in hand because they're enemies. But uh, it, it, there's a, there's, as far as enemies go, there's great on-screen chemistry there. Yeah, it's a works fair, well. It's a equal pairing. Like, no. They feel like equals. Absolutely. A, Absolutely. Well, I would have taken that double myself. Then uh, why don't you take over the Major's position? Uh, Mr. Bond. James Bond. Thank you, I'd be delighted. 100,000 rupees, then. Double six. It was not such a good double to accept after all, was it? Double. Of course. You can only win with a double six. The stake is 200,000 rupees. Do you have the cash? Well, I think that this should be ample security. Don't you? Play, Mr. Bond. You need a great deal of luck to get out of this. Oh, luck? Well, then I shall use 
player's privilege and use your lucky dice. It's all in the wrist. Double sixes. Fancy that. 200,000 rupees. I prefer cash. Get it cashed for him. Yes, sir. Spend the money quickly, Mr. Bond. I intend to. Kamal Khan. Get a little bit more Magda there. Bit more Magda. I have to say, there's something I wrote in my notes, and I don't know if you picked up on that. Uh, I don't know if it's me, but I think they're trying to. They're really pushing the. Roger Bourne, James Bond is like. Uh, every man is dropping their panties for him. Because when he gets to the hotel, like every wo- every woman that he meets as like either uh, looks at him like mm, I'm a, or he hits on him. It, it is insane. Like every woman, I'm like okay, and he's very immature. He's much more like he feels like you know he got he, got, he you know the Q Lab. Q Lab is ahead of its time. They invented Viagra in 1983. <laughs> they, they fed it to to James Bond because he's really he's a big in this movie <laughs> <laughs> there's the the watch thing that he's like zooming on the breast the okay boobs, you're like yeah. you're, you're like five years old like boob that. shot boob shot boob zoom in zoom in zoom in <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's with really, that. that's a weird little moment yeah it's, it's really like okay i don't know if it's the uh script the actor or the director but somebody was like you know let's play on the yeah um there's the the clerk at the hotel, which is oh, if you need anything or whatever she says. Oh, she, she's absolutely drop dead gorgeous, though. I'm not saying that she's not, but she, she's like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. every woman anything is. Anything else? Anything at all? <laughs> she's okay. And there's Magda. There's and now Penelope Spallbone. Penny small ball, and just small, small balls, small, small balls, small super ball, <laughs> small balls. <okay. laughs> no, but there's uh, when, when, and especially when he gets at the well, the island of the the woman, the octopus, octopus called. There's babes galore, yeah. this like everywhere. It's like wow, man, my my eyes are bleeding. Just, An uh, island okay. populated solely by women. <laughs> we won't see 007 until dawn. <laughs> Yeah, you don't. <laughs> May I join you? The south of it is half a million pounds. The man at the auction. Precisely. You have a very good memory for faces. And figures. This can't be a coincidence. No. What will you have? Nothing, thank you. Oh. Some other time, perhaps. Thank you. And yeah, you know, I so many ideas, so much to discuss. But you know, that episode is gonna run a little bit long, a little bit long, a little bit long. We're gonna put a pin in it. Actually, not a pin, a nag in it. I'm a little fatigued. But you still need to answer this question. This question, I never get an answer, or I'm too stupid to remember the answer. So You should, you should take notes. I can't 
because uh, um, I have yo-yo uh, ends, uh, yeah, chainsaw yo-yo ends. And I can't write with my chainsaw <laughs> yo yo-yo ends. Um, so uh, with my chainsaw yo-yo ends waving in the, the the air like that, I'm gonna ask you: Do we have people everywhere? We have people everywhere. You're kite dancing in a hurricane, Matthew, with your little chainsaw hands. <laughs> <laughs> www.thejamesbondcomplex.com which is also our shadow Tumblr account because we have people everywhere. Twitter at The Bond Complex. Facebook, The James Bond Complex. Instagram at The James Bond Complex. You could watch some of our videos and subscribe, of course, to our channel on the YouTube. On the YouTube, yes. Great thinking, Edgar. Anchor.fm. Thank you for hosting. Thank you for not charging us. Just like we don't charge the listeners. FM doesn't... Anchor doesn't... Of course, if our anchor does ever does start charging us, we can't promise the show. with the rules, but I didn't check. I don't care. And Google Play. Search for us on the Google Play Store. And search for us on iTunes. So subscribe and write a little review and uh, color those little uh, five stars like a coloring book. Five-star glowing golden gun review. You know, I asked you to take notes earlier, but I have a funny feeling I'll be saying this next week again. Uh, I am on uh, Twitter at double O pop. That's underscore. Nope, that's not what it is. It's double <laughs> underscore OH underscore pop. Somebody made a mistake. <laughs> I made a huge mistake. <laughs> Oops. I'm at Metoclare on Twitter, but I'm more like, yeah, I'm barely on, on Twitter. I'm mostly on Instagram at Metoclare007. Excellent. And uh, just as James Bond is always want to return, so too with the James Bond complex, of course, with part two of Octopussy. Yes. À la prochaine. Au revoir. Fill her up, please.